That's all it is, is looking at it differently, is seeing things with the eyes of Christ, seeing things with the eyes of Spirit. And that reading that I started with, I know that can be a tough one. It says, whenever you're not wholly joyous, um, know that this need not be. Now, that's not saying that we're never going to have things that happen, or that we're never going to be upset, we're never going to get angry. But as that passage reminds us, whenever I am thinking a thought that God would not think, I'm going to be upset, I'm going to be angry. And whenever I'm not thinking a thought that God would think, I'm going to be feeling, I'm not going to be feeling peace. So, and it's not always easy. It's not always easy to do that. But that is the invitation. That is what the Course and Family Constellations and the Church of One Love is asking us to do. Now, one of my favorite miracle principles is number three. It's Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. Isn't that comforting? Everything that comes from love. And by that definition, all of you are miracles. In fact, one thing I used to do when we were meeting in person for our course group is I would have everyone say their name, and then everyone repeat, would say back, you're a miracle, okay? Because I wanted to, and notice how you feel when you hear someone call you, you're a miracle, say you're a miracle. So those of you here in the sanctuary, if you feel comfortable, look at someone next to you and say, you're a miracle. And those of you at home, look in the mirror and say, you're a miracle. Or somewhere that you're watching it. Stand up through it. Keep going for a little bit. See how that feels while you can sip the water. Done them a few times, but I've never done them from the 
beginning on January 1st. And the lesson for today is so perfect. Uh, it's a review, it's lesson 178. Yeah? Yeah, and then she can turn it down a little bit and make it down. Okay, is that better? Yes. All right, thank you for um, hanging in there with that. That's all right, no, it's, um, there's a forgiveness opportunity right there. <laughs> so thank you for forgiving us. Um, so the lesson for today is one of the review sections. It's God is but love and therefore so am I. Just like when you turned to a neighbor or looked at yourself and said, you're a miracle. Ooh, if we could take in those words. God is but love, and therefore so am I. And then it goes on to say, one of the lessons, or one of the reviews is, let not my mind deny the thought of God. And that feels like it goes right back to the reading that I shared. Whatever it is that I'm thinking that God would not think is getting me upset. So that person cuts me off in traffic and I'm thinking and I want to call them something. Would God think that about that person? If God is perfect love, I don't think so. Sometimes what I do when something like that happens is instead of using the words that the ego wants me to use, I say, well, that beautiful child of God just cut me off. And I know that I don't really, it helps me get there. It makes me laugh and it diffuses the situation. Um, and the other review is, I am entrusted with the gifts of God. God is but love, and therefore so am I. All of us are entrusted with the gifts of God. And what are the gifts of God? Showing up as the presence of peace. Showing up with a kind heart. Showing up... <sighs> being open to seeing things from a different perspective. And again, I know that there are so many things that are challenging in our lives, and it's not always easy to do that. But that is the invitation. And the big news is we don't have to do it by ourselves. One of my go-to prayers is, Holy Spirit, thank you for helping me to see this differently. And I tell you, every time I share or I say that prayer, it might take a second or two, or maybe five minutes, maybe an hour, but an idea will drop into my mind that I know is not John. It is the divine, it is God, it is the voice of love, giving me a way to see it differently that I wouldn't have thought from my limited perspective. So, the course for me isn't, you know, something I do. I, I found the course in about 2007, and I'm going to share how I found it in the workshop today. And a lot of people have interesting stories of how they found this teaching. It's a little out there, and it is very different from other um, other spiritual traditions. But when I I started in 2007, as I said, and went through the workbook, and I was reading it, and then. A miracle happened in 2012, I was introduced to this thing called Family Constellations. And um, I feel like it spoke to me so deeply because it was A Course in Miracles in Action without calling it A Course in Miracles because Family Constellations is all about oneness, seeing things from a different perspective, including everyone, forgiveness, um, and love. And 
It was, uh, as I said in the opening prayer, it was created by a man, I meant to say, named Bert Hellinger in the 80s. And again, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is um, because it is so hard to describe because it's an experience. But so basically, uh, an example that I heard from one of my teachers, Mark Willen, um, he, he compares uh, family constellations to, or he calls it inherited family trauma. So just like we can inherit things like eye color and um, maybe hair color, a good sense of business, musical talent, um, we, we can also inherit things like trauma, things like pain, things like sadness. And one of the examples he uses is uh, if you grew up during World War II in Europe, you probably became very sensitive to loud noises when bombs were being dropped in London. And it was a very good thing for you to be hypersensitive to loud noises because it could keep you safe, it could keep you alive. So if you hear loud noises, you could go somewhere under a desk or under a table somewhere. Now, fast forward, if you pass that hypersensitivity to loud noises through your genetic line, and there's a, somebody, a, a dumpster uh, clangs, and you're under the table, it may not be, that's not keeping you safe, it's keeping, it might be limiting you from experiencing your best life. Now, again, it's not wrong, it's just that trait kept, kept your ancestors alive, but that was then, and this is now. So that genetic adaptation um, has not, um, is not serving me, but it can actually keep me from going outside because I'm too, I'm too afraid of noises or the anxiety. Um, what, another way that I often describe it is, say um, your, your grandmother has this beautiful necklace and, and she wants to give it to you um, after she passes. But that necklace is not something that really is your style or that you would wear or maybe have a, a painting that's been in the family a long time, and now, or a china set, um, and now you want to pass it on, but when you, the people that you want to give it to don't really want it, or you have it, you hang it up, or you wear the necklace, but it's not really your style, but you wear it out of obligation, if the same thing happens with these patterns, like I feel guilty for doing too well, I feel guilty if my parents struggled, if they um, worked really hard and never made a lot of money. It almost is something that we inherit, that we work really hard, but we never do, we never are prosperous. And of course, that's not what our ancestors want. Of course, our grandmother doesn't want us to wear something that we don't feel comfortable with, but it's a memory of her that we want to remember. We want to honor her by doing well and living a happy, healthy life. Um, one of my other constellation teachers, she 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 talks about family constellations or about challenges ahead, and with the word capacity, if we need to expand our capacity, if we feel like we don't have a lot of choices, it's kind of like being on a desert island that's about this big. And if I'm on a desert island that's about two feet by two feet, I don't have a lot of places, I don't have a lot of options. There's not a lot of places to go. 
if I'm seeing a situation that happened in my family only from my perspective of, and being very locked in what that is, I'm kind of like on a desert island. What Family Constellations and the Course in Miracles does is help me see a broader perspective. It expands the landscape. So now I have, I can walk over here, I can walk over here, I have more choices. And eventually I've got a lot of choices when I have a lot of landscape around me. But if I stay locked listening to the voice of fear, if I stay locked listening to, oh, she did this to me, he did that to me, my mom didn't show up for me, my dad didn't show up for me, or whatever happened. Again, it's not that you're wrong, it's not that those, and I know some of you had some really challenging things happen to you, um, and I'm not making light of that at all. And it can be very limiting if I'm stuck in that story, because as we know, these things get passed down from generation to generation. And if I can think, wow, what happened to my mom that made her make those choices? Or what happened to my dad that made him so angry that he made those choices? Now we've expanded the landscape and we're seeing a little bit more. And we have a few more choices. That same teacher, her name is Susie Tucker. She's wonderful. If you want to check her out on YouTube, um, she compares our family to a cult because, just like a cult, we don't get very far from our family. And you know the rules in your family. Our family does this. Our family doesn't do that. And if you want to survive as a little one, you better follow those rules. Um, your very survival depends on it. But as we grow up we begin to understand that there are other ways. Oh, the family down the street, they did it differently. The family um, across town did it differently. And we, we can get the idea that we can still be a part of our family and do it differently, that we can make a different choice. Um, recently, I heard a podcast about a man described it um, so beautifully and interestingly same concept, um, he, he was working with a client that had a really challenging relationship with her husband. She was very resentful. And even after um, her husband made some changes after working with this counselor, um, she was still resentful. She couldn't let it go. So he asked her, is there anyone in your family that was resentful? And she said, oh yeah, my mom. My mom was resentful 24-7. Um, she never had a good word to say about my dad. And he asked if, he, if her mom enlisted her in that resentment towards her dad. And she said, no, I, I barely had a connection with my mom. Um, and he said, well, there is one way guaranteed to work every time that you can connect with someone who doesn't want to be close to you or you can be close to them. And she said, okay, I'll bite. What, what, what can you do to connect with someone? And he said, be like them. It's almost like joining the family business. And he, he talked about her business, her family business being Resentments Are Us. And she was working with her mom in that company. But as long as she was working in that company as an unconscious way to be connected with her mom, she couldn't have a relationship with her husband. And she, when she saw it like that, 
that her loyalty or her unconscious desire or her need to be connected to her mom was so strong that she was working for the family business instead of opening her heart to her husband who was working and making some changes, she started crying because she realized that it was, she didn't know that she was doing that and that that was wise, that it was a way to be connected. So that's one of the, the principles of family constellations is whatever we reject from a parent finds its way into our experience. Either we become just like them or we choose partners or friends or business associates um, that are just like them. Now the good news is once you realize it, it's not unconscious anymore and you can make a different choice. So I'd like to share a story with you that happened to me. I was my own family constellations petri dish last fall. I think it was right around the time that I was here last. So as I think I shared last time, my father passed when I was seven. And after he passed, my mom's drinking got really bad. Her alcoholism continued for the rest of her life. And what I assumed during that time was that I was only seven, so nobody talked about the fact that my dad was going to make his transition those last weeks um, around me. I thought, well, because I'm so little, they, didn't, they wanted to shield me from what I later found out from my older siblings is that they didn't talk about it with each other at all. They just stuffed all of those feelings when they didn't express it. They, they didn't have the tools to talk about it. So fast forward, um, fall of 2019, I was at the Big Sky Retreat, and Reverend Melinda was there um, doing sharing music. And my sister was there also, one of my sisters, and she noticed I had a little bump on my neck. Nothing like Quasimodo like, but a little bump. And she was concerned about it. I had two more under my eye here. And she said, John, please, please, please go see a dermatologist when you get back, um, when you get back from Montana. And I agreed, and I did, and it turned out to be basal cells nothing dangerous unless you don't get them taken care of, nothing life-threatening like a melanoma that my dad had. But I could see that as a way to connect with him, unconsciously I recreated the same experience of cells gone wild on the skin. So what, what I will offer you, um, and just as a little aside, if, you are, if there is something in your family history that you're concerned about inheriting like um, memory loss or heart disease or cancer or anything, you can talk to your parents at night before you go to sleep, um, not physically on the phone, but in your mind, especially obviously if they're no longer here in physical form, and say, dear mom or dad, let's be connected through love, not fill in the blank. For me, it was dear dad, let's be connected through love, not skin cancer. So I saw a dermatologist, he took some biopsies, I had some, um, made some appointments to have them removed, and the night before my first surgery, to remove the ones right next to my eye, whew, the sadness 
bubbled up in me way out of proportion to what was going to happen, at least in my in my understanding. Because people have a lot, a lot more serious things to deal with than a few bumps under the eye being removed. But I sobbed the night before, just cried and cried and cried. And thank God I had the understanding of family constellations as I realized I had inherited it. I had taken on all of that sadness from my mom and maybe some of my siblings that hadn't been expressed. I was like the release valve to let some of that pressure, some of that energy be released. And so I just allowed it. I allowed the sadness to flow through me, flow out of me, and just knowing that in a way I was being of service to my family by letting that sadness move through me so it wasn't stuck anymore. So I had the surgery. I got through it fine. Um, although I will say afterwards, um, some of you may remember uh, Tim Conway's character from Carol Burnett's show, where he played the old man, where he was walking like this. <laughs> that was me and my then partner walking back to the car after the surgery. It really drained me. I had one of my neck removed and had one of my arm and one of my back removed. And one of the best gifts I got from someone, best piece of advice, was to invite my dad to come with me to the surgery. And I had this memory of when I was a little kid, uh, I put my heel down where we had set up the Christmas tree and I got a pine needle stuck in my heel. So my dad took me to the emergency room. I had to get it, I had a couple stitches. And while we were there, because I was nervous, we looked at the no smoking sign and we, and we made words out of the no smoking How many words could we make out of the letters in the no smoking sign? So I imagined my dad with me at that surgery, making words and making a game, just being present with me. Like he couldn't be, he wasn't here in physical form, but where he is now, I totally believe that he was right there with me. So, fast forward again to May of this year, I went to the dermatologist because I was moving from Houston back to Florida, and thought, well, I really like this doctor, let me, let me get my skin checked out before I move because healthcare in Houston, two thumbs up. Um, and he found two more. I was like, oh no, not again. This feels like really bad timing because there's a lot of details to take care of when you're moving, as you all know. And I decided to do it differently this time. So instead of just inviting my dad to go with me um, to the surgery, I invited my mom, I invited the Holy Spirit, I invited Brother Jay, I invited Archangel Raphael, I had a whole team. I joked with uh, some of my friends afterwards that when I took the elevator up, it's a good thing uh, no one else got in the elevator because it was a full house in that <laughs> elevator on the way up to that surgery. You know, that's when a miracle happened. When I was in that office and he was cutting something off of this arm, something happened. I had the awareness that, just like Kate was saying, only love is real. Only love is what was happening in that office. That this, this man who chose to go into dermatology, interesting choice as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> taking things off of people's skin, but he was, just we had a great connection, and I, he really 
really had a passion for it. And everyone in his office was there to express love. Everyone there was helping me and calling me, reminding me of the appointment and making sure I had a mask um, and taking care of all the paperwork that needed to be taken care of. And it almost brought tears to my eyes that love is the only thing that is happening here. And what if we can apply that to every situation that we're experiencing in this life? If we can ask, Holy Spirit, Brother Jay, God, our angels, our ancestors, to help us to see it differently, what would happen? What would happen? Could I really see? Could I really experience a miracle? Could I remember that God is above love and therefore so am I? And one of my favorite quotes from the Course, if you knew who walked beside you on the way you have chosen, fear would be impossible. So I just want to invite you to know, whoever that is for you, if you knew who walked beside you on the way you have chosen, fear would indeed be impossible. Bless you. Thank you for letting me share my story. center, that place where that divine spark lives in each one of us. And as we bring our attention there, that light gets brighter, and it begins to expand and move all through your body, all through your body temple, enveloping every cell, every organ, every tissue. And now it's moving out past your physical body out into the room or where you're sitting, and it continues to expand into infinity, sweeping across the planet. Mother Earth is engulfed in that beautiful light. Every heart on every continent has been touched and opened, and that light has been added. No one is left out. Light expands past the Earth's atmosphere, past the moon and the planets, connecting with the sun. And the brilliance of the sun is added, allowing that light to continue to expand past our solar system into other galaxies, connecting with other stars. And when it does, 
there's no place that light is not. And as we sit here together in sacred space, whether you're here in this building or wherever you are, know that we are connected in that beautiful heart light, the divine light of God. And you're safe and peaceful and protected. Now I'd like you to imagine the presence of your mother standing behind you on the left. This is the highest version of your mom, the one who hasn't been weighed down or hawked <coughs> here in the physical world. And if there is someone else you call mom, this is your birth mom we're talking about for this visualization. Whether you met her or not. And if there is someone else you call mom, you can see her standing beside you, mom. And they are both sending light forward from their heart to yours. Only light can be shown forward. Now imagine your father taking his place behind you on the right. This is the highest version of your father. Again, the one who hasn't been harmed or affected by anything here physical plane. And if there's someone else you call that, imagine him standing next to your birth father. And they're both sending you light from their heart to yours. And now imagine your grandparents taking their place behind your parents. Grandmother's on the left, grandfather's on the right. And they are sending light forward to your parents, <coughs> and then on to you. And now your great-grandparents take their place behind your grandparents. Mother's on the left, father's on the right. Let your imagination fill in these spots. Most of us may not have met our great-grandparents, but you might have seen a picture, or just imagine a body of light or a silhouette of energy. They too are sending light forward to your grandparents, your parents, and then to you. And now another generation takes their place behind them. And another, and another. Your ancestors are filling in row by row behind their children, sending light forward all the way to you, the very front. And in your mind's eye, see yourself turning around to look at all that's come before all those ancestors from all those different countries and cultures and traditions going back past the horizon. All sending light to you. And see yourself in your mind's eye, giving them a nod or a bow just as a way to acknowledge them, as a way to say thank you, or without them you wouldn't be here. And then see yourself standing back up, looking out over that sea of ancestors one more time. Notice whatever you're noticing. Maybe somebody way back there is illuminated or waving. And then imagine yourself turning back around, facing the front. And if you have children, imagine your children standing in front of you, 
and the light from your heart shining on them. I'd also like you to imagine anything that's come through the creative process through you. If you are an artist, anything you painted or sculpted, writers, anything you've written, a poem, a blog, a book, an article, a garden, a recipe, a business, a community. All of those things have come through the creative process through you, including children if you have them. See them in front of you and the light from your heart shining on them. And if you have grandchildren, you can see them in front of you. And now let's expand our definition of descendants and ancestors. Anyone who has touched your life, a coach, a teacher, a mentor, mm -hmm. Imagine them behind you, sending light forward. And now anyone whose life you've touched, see them in front of you, clients or students, and see the light from your heart shining on them. And it's easy to do because of a river of light flowing towards you from behind, from your ancestors. Everything flowing forward, everything flowing peacefully, still connected in that light that is everywhere, feeling strong and grounded and peaceful, noticing how good it feels to know your place that's right where you belong, in front of your parents and behind your children and creations. And let this image find a place in your heart and mind wherever it feels safe that you can access this image if you feel stuck or lost or not supported. Let's take one more slow breath in together. And exhale. Thank you.